the pulse of the Hawkesbury. Pulse 89.9. About this very important $750 million project, $480 million of grant funding from the Morrison government, $270 million from NBN's own resources to materially upgrade the NBN fixed wireless network. And what this means is, first of all, 120,000 premises will now come into the footprint. People who are presently on served by satellite will be able to get the MBN fixed wireless. MBN fixed wireless will now go to a speed of 100 megabits per second, will be available to everybody within the footprint. That's over 750,000 premises. 85% will be able to get a speed of 250 megabits per second. Upload speed will increase to 20 megabits per second, which is really important for businesses, anybody using the cloud for example, uh, there'll be a material increase in speed at what's called the busy hour, which is typically in the evenings, and very importantly as well, for people who are on MBN satellite, as we move 120,000 out of the satellite footprint, what that means is that uh, we'll be able to increase the monthly download limit for satellite customers on MBN SkyMaster from 50 gigabytes uh, up to 90 gigabytes within a couple of years. So this is better faster broadband for regional and remote Australia. Only the Coalition can be trusted to deliver better communication services for regional and remote Australia. I want to particularly acknowledge the work that Bridget McKenzie as Minister for Regional Communications has been doing in relation to the Regional Telecommunications Review. This responds to an important recommendation of the review and I'll now hand over to Bridget. Uh, well, a connected rural and regional Australia is a safer, more prosperous, uh, more sustainable rural and regional Australia. And as we're seeing, hundreds of thousands of city uh, dwellers head out to join us in the regions. This level of connectivity is just so critical for them to be able to work, for them to be able to study, and for them to be able to connect with family and friends around the country. Uh, we know that this announcement will ensure 50,000 businesses in regional Australia uh, will actually have better services. Download and upload speeds will increase. They'll be able to share files, just not uh, with their neighbours, but around the world. This is exactly the type of infrastructure we need in rural and regional Australia to bridge that digital divide and ensure that all Australians can participate uh, in the digital economy as we uh, head forward into the 21st century. Well, thanks, Paul, and thanks, uh, thanks, Bridget. It's great to be here today. When, uh, when our government was elected, the NBN was little more than a poorly designed and little delivered concept on the back of a napkin that Stephen Conroy scribbled out. Under our government, we've built out the NBN, uh, not using poor designs, but using smart technology options, the best of technology options for the different circumstances we face across our vast land. Uh, be they the use uh, of fixed line, fixed wireless or satellite solutions, we've been able to adapt and respond in ways that have given Australians cost-effective internet solutions and access, uh, but also to continue then to build upon that uh, by using new technology, new options to be able to provide even better services as we keep investing in the NBN. Uh, and today is yet another step of new investment by our government in further upgrading services, particularly for those in rural and regional Australia, who are so essential to our economic recovery. The economic recovery of Australia uh, is being driven by small and medium businesses across the country employing Australians in record numbers, and especially doing so in rural and regional Australia, and their digital connectivity 
is crucial to their growth, to the creation of more rural and regional jobs, to have more Australians living happily in rural and regional Australia. And this is another demonstration of the investment that only a Liberal and National Government can and will make in rural and regional Australia uh, and the opportunities uh, for growth, uh, prosperity and success in, the, in those regions. Uh, I also, uh, while I'm here, just want to put a couple of comments on the record today. Uh, the Shadow Treasurer, Jim Chalmers, uh, is, uh, is uh, giving a pre-budget speech uh, in which he has indicated that uh, a Labor government, if they were elected uh, this year, would hand down another budget this year. And in that, he's been flagging that there would be extra spending. Extra spending on what? He's not defining. And that's really something the Labor Party has to be upfront about. If they're going to spend tens of billions of dollars more delivering upon their vague promises of virtually free childcare or free TAFE uh, or huge extra spending and other social welfare measures, then detail those. Tell Australians if there's to be a second budget this year, what the alternate budget would look like. Give them the detail. Where would the cuts be if there are going to be cuts? Uh, would the Labor Party invest less in rural and regional Australia? And if they'd cut those rural and regional programs, which programs would they cut? Would they invest less in infrastructure? And if they'd cut that infrastructure, what would they cut? But if they're going to spend tens of billions of dollars more in a new budget, then detail that too. Don't just make vague promises about free TAFE. Be clear as to what will or won't be delivered. Be clear as to what will or won't be delivered in terms of the vague promises of next to free childcare or the vague promises around changes to social security. What we've got is a Labor Party at present that is trying to escape scrutiny by not releasing detailed policies, but by making vague promises. And yet now there's this remarkable suggestion that there would be an alternate second budget handed down this year should there be a change of government. Well, what would be in, what would be out, and how much more would Australians pay? Because we know that with the reckless spending promises of Labor, there'll always be a tax bill Australians cop in the end. Minister Fletcher, today's announcement is extremely important for rural communities, but you, you have been in government for 10 years now. Why has it taken so long? Well, let's be clear. When we came to government, we inherited a train wreck of a project from Labor with barely over 50,000 premises connected to the fixed line network. We've worked really hard to turn around that train wreck. With considerable success, there are now 8.4 million premises connected, 12 million able to connect, and when the pandemic hit, 98% of premises were able to connect and the NBN was critical in getting Australians through the pandemic as millions of us moved to working and starting from home and we really needed good broadband. Then in late 2020 we committed $4.5 billion to upgrade uh, the NBN fixed line network so that by 2023 8 million premises around the country uh, will be able to order a speed of up to 1 gigabit per second. What we're now doing is focusing on regional and remote Australia, a million premises are in the footprint of the fixed wireless and satellite and we're using the latest technology 4G and 5G fixed wireless. So the technology now allows us to upgrade fixed wireless. We're going to increase the footprint by about 50% and what that means is higher speeds, more data uh, and it means the coalition delivering for regional and remote Australians. So for example, here in the electorate of Macquarie, uh, you know, Sarah Richards is fighting for better communication services for the people of Macquarie, for people here who have businesses, uh, 
using fixed wireless, the kids studying, uh, people working from home, this is going to be a game changer and I might ask uh, Bridget to add to that. Thanks Fletch. Uh, we go back to when we came to government, there was no mobile black spot program in this country and you could drive hundreds and hundreds of kilometres across this wide brown land, not far from capital cities and be unable to take a phone call for hours. And in that decade, uh, we're just about to switch on our thousandth mobile black spot tower that has been part of that iconic mobile black spot program, which has seen communities connected like never before. And what we've seen out in rural and regional Australia, that when we give them this level of digital connectivity, they grab it with both hands, uh, they stay connected with family and friends, and the demand just drives up. So that's what we're actually dealing with, uh, with this announcement now, that step change in demand that we've seen across the regions. Um, which was part of the recent uh, RTURC review that we got handed down. The price of selling Telstra back in the day was that every three years, no matter who was in government, uh, we'd have to look at rural and regional Australia and understand what their level of connectivity was and were they missing out. And the recent report that was handed to me just prior to Christmas uh, actually highlighted a step change in demand, that we use this connectivity not just to do our homework after we get home from school, not just to put in our BAS statement uh, once a month, but to actually trade with the globe and run highly uh, technologically um, sophisticated businesses, whether it's mining, whether it's agriculture, uh, whether it's our many engineering firms out in the region. So that step change in demand has going to see a step change in government response, and I'm looking forward to handing down uh, the government response in full. Uh, to the RTURC review. This particular announcement deals with recommendation sets. When will we hear more about what the government plans to do? Mm. Is there going to be more funding? Because we've seen so much anger in rural and regional areas, particularly those hit by the floods who weren't able to access vital telecommunications in the wake of those natural disasters. Is that something the government's got money to spend on fixing? Yeah, absolutely. So during we recognised that after the bushfire uh, Royal Commission, there was actually uh, the STAND program is where we actually harden the network existing. We've already put $34 million uh, on the ground to actually make sure that for those mobile base stations we're extending the battery because when you have a natural disaster, whether it's bushfire or flood, power goes out uh, and if you don't have a generator or a, a long hour battery, uh, you lose your telecommunications, which is, is what we see in natural disasters. So we've got a program where we're hardening that network. Uh, I was able to announce just uh, last week $10 million going to 544 projects around the country uh, that actually do just that so that rural and regional communities are better prepared when a natural disaster strikes. And you're right, the telcos also have a responsibility here. It's not all up to government. Uh, Telstra, Optus and other telco providers need to make sure that their infrastructure works in a natural disaster. You, this is Australia. This will not be the last time we see uh, a flood. It will not be the last time we see bushfire or cyclonic activity. So we need to make sure that telecommunications infrastructure is fit for purpose in a country like ours. And that is exactly the type of thing uh, that the uh, review actually took into account and highlighted to the government. And we'll see that response before the election? Well, as I said, I, I got it just before Christmas. I think it was like three days before Christmas. A fantastic review, the most consultative one uh, done to date. Uh, a lot of public con consultation right around the country and very, very sound recommendations about competition, about standards for telcos, about affordability 
about access and, and how do we actually ensure rural and regional Australia participates fully in the digital economy and isn't left behind. So I'm excited about uh, our response and I look forward to handing that down in, in the coming period. Uh, yeah, it's Catherine from Pulse FM Community Radio in the Hawkesbury and of course we've had three or four disasters in the last three years. What Can the government help protect us against the telcos making their profit-made decisions in not doing things? How can the government step in for the people in the Hawkesbury and ensure that we don't have this problem where we really do need communication in the Hawkesbury? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the... Um, and Fletch, you might want to step in here, but one of the things that I, I think we could do is look at the standards yep. uh, and the regulatory framework that our telcos operate under. Um, we also have a universal service obligation and a universal service guarantee uh, that are quite um, formal arrangements that we need to, that the review actually says we should uh, look at in more granular detail and, and be a little more specific. Right now in Australia you only have a um, guarantee to a landline service. Well that's yeah. not really fit for purpose in the 21st century. So they're the sorts of things that we will be looking at uh, as a government with the telcos. Yeah thanks Bridget. So what I'd just add is Obviously, here in Macquarie, we've had a very significant focus through the Mobile Black Spots program uh, in uh, providing funding to the telcos. So the whole aim of the Black Spots program is that uh, we provide funding to support the telcos building base stations in places where they might not on purely commercial grounds. There have been a significant number of base stations built here in the electorate of Macquarie. Of course, uh, this fixed wireless upgrade that we're announcing today will have very significant benefits for Macquarie. We're standing here under a fixed wireless tower that uh, serves a significant number of people right here and there's quite a number of them across the Hawkesbury and across the Blue Mountains. Uh, so um, what we are seeking to do and uh, Bridget has uh, spoken about the regional telecommunications review and the great work she's doing there. Uh, we're seeking uh, and we have a demonstrated track record of targeted funding to bridge the gap between uh, what it is the telcos are funding on commercial grounds to meet uh, the objectives of getting coverage where it needs to be. That's an ongoing task because we're a huge nation, 7.7 million square kilometres, uh, but we have had a real focus and of course most recently uh, we announced uh, another program, PUMP, Peri-Urban Mobile Program, which has a particular focus on enhanced mobile coverage in areas at the interface between the suburbs on the outskirts of our big cities and bushland and particularly where there are significant bushfire risks of course there and we'll be announcing reasonably soon the uh, results of the first round of pump as well. Minister Fletcher, are you concerned at all that people, particularly in, in rural and regional areas, may choose to go with an alternative service to NBN like Elon Musk's Starlink? I'm not concerned about that at all. We welcome competition. Mm. Uh, you know, the previous Labor government's approach was that they were deeply opposed to competition. They wanted a government uh, monopoly and they deliberately tried to stamp out any other services. We take absolutely the opposite approach. Look, Starlink is available. Uh, as I understand it, in Victoria, southern half of New South Wales, it's a beta service. It'll cost you eight or nine hundred bucks up front. Uh, there's no service capacity on the ground in Australia, no customer service in Australia. But for people who are self-reliant, we know plenty of people in the bush are, and who are prepared to pay order of magnitude, I think it's 140, 150 a month, whereas typically NBN uh, is only a little more than half that. But certainly, there'll be people for whom Starlink will be a good option. Our Liberal National Government welcomes competition. Uh, we think that's a good thing, but obviously what we're also determined to do is to make sure that the NBN 
continues to keep pace with technology developments and the needs of communities, businesses, families in regional and remote Australia, only the coalition can be relied upon to deliver the communication services that people in regional and remote Australia need. A question for Minister Mackenzie on just a change of topic, climate change. A Guardian essential poll out today shows majority of respondents are in favour of more action on climate change and believe we'll see more natural disasters like we have in the flood affected zones. Is the coalition doing enough to tackle this problem and are you worried that you'll lose votes at the election over this? Well, as a nation, I think we need to be talking up our action on climate change. There's not too many uh, developed countries like us who are able to hand on heart say they've reduced their emissions by 20%. We can. We can say that. Uh, we know that is an actual fact and we should be championing that. We should be singing that from the rooftops rather than beating ourselves up every five minutes that we're somehow um, not doing our bit on what is an incredibly serious global issue. Uh, meanwhile, China and India, uh, the large emitters, are not doing their bit. And so this is a global problem and does require global leadership. Uh, I'm very proud to be part of a government uh, who's taking steps to care for the environment, not just in the present, but into the future. That's why we've set up uh, the Emergency Response Fund, because we know uh, that not just our generation, but future generations will be experiencing uh, more intense and frequent natural disasters. That's what the scientists tell us. And that's why we're preparing for that future uh, with things like the Emergency Response Fund. Last one. The, the UN singled out Australia, though, when it comes to climate change and, and what it says is inaction. And it's warned that turning back to fossil fuels while we're experiencing an energy emergency due to the tensions in Russia and the war in Ukraine would they describe that as madness? Now, rather than investing in new gas and fossil fuel projects, shouldn't we be turning to renewables and things like electric cars? Well, we are. I mean, the fact that someone's running around saying we're not looking at electric cars or that we're not uh, putting wind farms up in rural and regional Australia or solar farms up in rural and regional Australia is kidding themselves. I mean, that is not the case. But so too is the reality that without uh, fossil fuel investment, uh, we don't have an electricity supply, supply. Now we need electricity, affordable and reliable electricity, to run our businesses, to run our schools and our hospitals and our homes. And until we can actually generate enough electricity from other sources to fulfill that, uh, then you're going to see things like you're seeing in Europe, when that energy supply is challenged. So this is the tension that we're seeking to um, deal with as we move towards net zero by 2050. The Pulse of the Hawkesbury. Pulse 89.9. 89.